You're listening to The Hot Tag with the real tag team champs, Matty Ice and Axel the Axeman, where we talk everything wrestling. This episode of Hot Tag is brought to you by... Hey, Matty Ice, I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, you know what? So am I. Let's go get us a pizza or something. Order a pizza in. No. Why would we order a pizza when we could have pile driver pizza? Comes in four awesome varieties. Pepperoni, sausage and pepperoni, four cheese, and supreme. Ooh, sounds delish. Give me a supreme. All right, let's go down in the store. And if you guys are hungry too, you can get them in a store near you. This is Axel the Axeman, and you're listening to Hot Tag with the Beer City Boys on the Anchor Podcast app. You are listening to the Hot Tag with the Beer City Boys in the Hot Tag Podcast. Back in action in the basement. What's up, Axeman? How's it going? You know, (laughs) just living the dream. The American dream, baby. Baby. Um, yeah, no, just trying to indulge in some wrestling here and there. This morning, uh, before you come over, doing some laundry, listening to some wrestling podcasts, catching up on the news, you know, the happenings. The whole shebang. Gotcha. What about you? Um, you know, I'm going to breeze through a couple podcasts and... I didn't really get much wrestling in this week. Um, I worked all week, so maybe um, maybe over the next couple days, maybe I can watch something. Or um, I have off Thursday and Friday this coming up week, so maybe I can watch some of that too. So yeah, yeah. I just need to get some find some time. It's a full full day of wrestling in. Right. Um, speaking of wrestling, did you ever listen to the to the uh the Dax Harwood um podcast with when he was talking about the pinnacle? I did. I meant to bring it up the last I think it's been two episodes since we talked about it. Yeah, I think so. Um and I meant to bring it up the last two times and it slipped my mind, uh both times we podcasted. Um but no, I thought the topic was interesting. Um, I, f- I basically had the same feelings that he did, I think, um, about he thought there was big things coming for the pinnacle and stuff. Um, personally, I don't care for his the other guy on there, the host or whomever. Okay. Um, that guy's kind of whatever to me. He's a little boring. And that's kind of like why I don't like... Um, What's that show with uh, Tony Schiavone? Like, What Happened When or whatever? With Conrad Thompson? You don't like Conrad? I don't like Conrad. Um, oh. His voice is annoying. What happened, Warren? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's from Alabama. Well, okay. Well, I, don't, I guess I don't like people from Alabama then. Mm. Um, but no, um, I thought it was it was, it was a good episode. Um, I'd probably give Dax's show another few episodes if he had some good topics to see if I wanted to listen to it all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting too, um, that MJF was greedy 
Cause it, it, and that's what threw me off is that I hear through the rumor mill from other wrestlers that they're like, oh yeah, we like MJF. He's he's a good guy. Blah blah blah. And then you hear from somebody who worked closely with him. He's like, yeah, no, he kind of wanted it all for himself. Yeah, I mean, with with the situation at hand on how Dax threw it down is that you had Tully Blanchard. And you didn't even use him. Right. <clears throat> right. I really liked how he put that together. You have Tully Blanchard. You know, he, obviously he's not, like, he doesn't come straight to your mind when you think of, like, good talkers. But he's good. He's good on the mic. And, like, that was his role. What's the point of having a manager if they're not going to talk for you? Right. You know, I understand Dax is a pretty good talker. MJF is known on the mic. Um... Sean Spears can spit some stuff, but, like, Wardlow doesn't talk at all. I mean, in comparison to those guys, and Cash doesn't really talk either. So. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Wardlow being being a guy like him, um, and especially in a role like that, I mean, the guy's muscle, so, like, realistically, he... Doesn't need to. Doesn't need right. to. But, like, that whole group... They could have had something special with that group. They could have had, like, another killer group. And we'll, we'll just say Tony and the booking committee um, dropped the ball on that, and so did MJF, according to Dax, because, um, yeah, that, that group could have been phenomenal. And I think... I think um, FTR and um, Sean Spears knew they had something going. And I think Tully did too in, at the beginning. But then, I mean, Tully just took the back seat. Well, and that might be part of the reason why he's no longer with AEW slash ROH. Because after that, he kind of disappeared for a bit because FTR fired him or whatever, however that worked out. I'd be curious about Dak's take on that. Yeah, I would I would be too. Um, but then they put him with uh Brian Cage and um who are those guys? Gates Agony in their group and he was there for like two weeks and then apparently Prince Nana come back and bought the group or whatever. But like he wasn't really used there either. Um, yeah. and not that I don't like Prince Nana, but it's just like you have Tully Blanchard, a legend, in the ring. And, like, why would you not want him around to mentor the younger guys? Right. I mean, if they weren't going to use him with the Pinnacle, they should have put him with uh, the Varsity Blondes. He could have skyrocketed those guys and, like, they're new, they're young guys. So, yeah, they're not great on the mic, but they're athletic in the ring. He could have been with them to elevate their career. I understand there's not, like, a instant connection there. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, a little bit. Because they could have said, Tully could have come on and cut a backstage promo and been like, this man's dad was in the Four Horsemen, something like that, you know, about the legacy and yada, 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 and Griff Garrison's the next up-and-coming whomever he decides to cut the promo, you know what I mean? Right. And you could have made it work, but instead you decide, and and it could have been Tully's decision too, because I think, isn't he a pastor or something? Or is that Ted DiBiase? I know Ted is... I don't know about Tully. He might be. Uh, I 
thought he was, but maybe he's not. But any, anyways, you know, you why not use these guys? Why not bring them in and have, you know, show them the ropes? I mean, I thought that was the point of them bringing Matt Hardy in and Mark Henry and Big Show and and these guys. And, right. Well, I mean, from the outside looking in and hearing. Some I mean, seeing stories develop and whatnot, and groups develop, and then to be taken away, and stuff like that. And um, just hearing Dax talk about the Pinnacle uh, leads me to believe that, like, the younger generation that's in there doesn't want to listen to anybody. At least some of them. Some of them, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. So. I mean that's screwing up the whole project, uh, the whole the whole product, and then you got Tony Khan with his um, booking in the nineties. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't help too that if, I mean, obviously this is speculation too, and I feel like we've seen some of it, but like the young bucks seem to be a little bit of an issue on that subject too because they don't necessarily job out to some people, and I'm not asking them to lay down, like what you. You can't, you know, finish out a move. I mean, if I hit you with a pile driver, you better lay there for a while. I'm not asking you to take the pin, the, the pinfall. Right. Like, if I spike you on the top of your head, like, I'm sorry. you got to make that a little bit more believable. Right, not pop up and give me a super kick. Right, I just, I don't, I don't understand that, but... The problem is, is the Young Bucks keep doing that, and they keep getting woos and ahs from everybody in the crowd, and they're going to continue to do that. And tons of wrestling fans really love the Young Bucks, and I know you and I aren't really huge fans, but, like, part of the issue, too, is Dave Meltzer drools over them guys. So... I think Dave might be gay. I don't know, but that's the problem. It's like <laughs> he's he's in love with the young bucks. <laughs> but that's the problem. Is everybody relies so much on what Dave says? Oh well, how, what did Dave rate this match? Make your own opinion. You know what I mean? Like why? Who gives a crap what how Dave Meltzer feels? Just because Dave Meltzer didn't like it doesn't mean you can't like it. Uh, uh, no offense to gay people. Yeah. yeah. By the way, um, yeah, we we gotta give Dave some ribs. Yeah. He's our insider, arch enemy. So, I don't know, but yeah, no, I, I liked the podcast. I thought it was good. Um, like I said, I definitely listened to two more episodes as long as he had some good topics. So. Yeah, um, his topics kind of go all over the place. I mean, he it seems like he's not having any guests on. It's just him and the other guy kind of shooting the breeze um talking about whatever topic they want to bring up. Yeah. Um So, yeah. I I will say one thing. I did enjoy Jericho at first, but I'm starting to not really enjoy Jericho um anymore. And I feel like this is, like, a good segue to go in a different direction. Like, because I do like to listen to podcasts a lot. 
So it, if I do start listening to Dax more, it'd be like I never really lost an episode, so or a show to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with like Jericho and stuff like that too. Since you brought it up real quick, is it like um, Jericho's kind of all over the map when it comes to podcasting. Uh, kind of like Stone Cold was. I mean, he just didn't have wrestlers on. Uh, Jericho has uh, band members on. Not his band, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, I mean, he has... He's, like, big in the paranormal stuff. Um, he just did a paranormal uh, talk about Alcatraz, which was kind of interesting, like, some of the history of Alcatraz. Um, so, so, some of his stuff is, is interesting, but... Um, I guess with Jericho, too, is, like, uh, for me, some of his opinions about some things, and, like, it seems like he's, like, really smooching Tony's butt, in a way, or something like that, you know, because he, yeah, he really thinks highly of Tony, and I, I, I don't know, I mean, the way Tony acts and stuff like that, I mean, we've seen him lash out, and, I mean, the dude acts like a little kid. Yeah, I mean, not that I don't like Jericho's podcast. It is nice that he jumps around to different subjects and stuff, and it's not just wrestling or just rock and roll or this or that. You know, you kind of get a mix of everything, which is nice. Yeah, I don't listen to every episode. Yeah, I mean, no, I, me I pick and choose. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think Jericho's higher up in AEW than people realize. I think Jericho has a lot of pull in AEW. Oh, 100%. So that's probably why he's maybe being being a little bit of a brown noser or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, because, I mean, that's just what people who are high up do. You know, you're not going to talk, talk mad crap about the place you work at if you're, like, really high up, unless you... Are ready to leave, you know what I mean, so, um, I don't know, that's just my opinion about why he's all in for Tony Khan or whatever, plus he's like, I think he's pretty close to like Kenny and the Bucks too, so, yeah, and it probably makes a big, a big difference for him, and that's why he's on TV every week, so, yeah, so, but, I mean, it, it's interesting that, that Kenny and the Bucks actually work because of, like, the two of her styles. I mean, Kenny can actually tell a story. I mean, the Bucks... Well, okay. Let's, they really can. I'm sure we've talked about this before. Yeah. I can't for the life remember me. Remember. Um, if the Bucks and Kenny had never become friends, and it seems like they kind of became friends a little organically, hanging out in Japan or whatever... Um, would the Bucks have ever been in Bullet Club? And the, would they? Because I feel like not, I don't think so. Not that they're not talented or anything, but like they've always been with Kenny. So, right. What happens if they're not with Kenny? I mean, now they're established, so I mean they'll probably be okay. But will they? Yeah, I mean, I I would think so because they got pretty much a, a pretty big cult following. So I think they'd be. Totally fine. I mean, would Kenny go over to WWE? <clears throat> I mean, uh, that's the rumor that I hear, is that there's 
quite a few big AEW stars, Kenny included, that are on the fence, per se, because their contracts are coming up about going to WWE. But that's always going to be a rumor. I mean, Kenny could flat out come out and be like, I'm never leaving AEW, and it would still be a rumor out there that he could possibly sign with WWE. I mean, in this day and age, everything's a possibility, so... Yeah, I mean, if the Young Bucks went to WWE, I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't really see um, them really progressing into anything because of uh, their style. I mean, they might get a little pop here and there. I mean, but I don't, I don't think they can make it in the WWE system. Yeah. I, I I think one I don't think the Bucks would go because WWE doesn't really have an established tag team division anymore. Yeah, it's pretty much like just the Usos. Um, not but, to mention I think they like their merchandise and whatnot. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So. Yeah, that would be a big contention deal too. But yeah, like you said, their style's more like indie. Yeah, and that doesn't really fit WWE. World. Backyard. <coughs> Did yeah. I say that out loud? <laughs> well, I feel like uh, Kenny's pretty adaptable because um, Kenny wrestled forever in Japan. Well, Kenny also was in the WWE system too. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, like I said, Kenny's pretty adaptable. I mean, he... I personally, out of all the Kenny Omega matches I've watched, I don't know if I've seen a bad one. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen some average ones, but I'm still in awe every time I watch him how fast the guy is in the ring. And yeah. the moves he can do. And he just like, to me, he's like a, a wild card that he can wrestle any style and keep up with anybody. Yep. Whether it's a huge guy, skin, you know, lucha guy. I mean, he, he's just, all around, I think he's, if he's not the greatest wrestler of all time, I think he's dang close. Yeah, that Snapdragon that he puts on. Oh, is... it looks disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I saw a video of like two like seven year olds going at it in in a wrestling ring. They they had like a legit match, and one of them gave the other one a Snapdragon, and I'm like, mm. I, I, my my jaw just dropped, and I'm like, really? You're gonna let your seven year old do this move? Like, that's that's a dangerous move, man. Because you're landing on the, the, the top of your shoulder blades. Mm. Um, well, while we're on the Kenny Omega topic, uh, you might have to tune in to Dynamite on Wednesday. Because he's wrestling um, El Hijo del Vikingo. That, um, he was number eight in the top... Top 10 this year in the PWI Top 500. Okay. He was number 8, and he's like, I think he's like 20, I don't know, I I actually don't, I think he's like 23, 24. I know he's younger than I am, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's like the biggest thing from Mexico since like Rey Mysterio. Hmm. And he, um... I, I I saved some tweets. I'll send them your way of some of the because he uh, just recently this year got his visa to work in America, mm-hmm. and he's been hitting indies like crazy. And the things he's been doing, crazy. 
I mean, it's nuts. So, <clears throat> I just saw a tweet this morning about it. I'm I'm definitely going to watch that match. I mean, I think it's going to be good. The only problem is, is that it's TV, so there's going to be commercials and stuff, and they're not going to be able to do probably everything that they want to and go as long as they want to. But then again, I don't know, because Tony had... Um, Hangman and Brian go 60 minutes. Yeah. So. Hmm. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to watch it live, obviously, because I'll be working. But. If something comes across my feed, I might check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I probably won't watch it live either. Maybe I will. Um, but I'm definitely going to watch it for sure. So, you know, since since that uh, the pay-per-view, the AEW pay-per-view, and where um, uh, MGF threw <clears throat> water on that kid, um, a lot of people are saying that he's, like, uncontrollable when it comes to that stuff. And... It, there is no place in WWE for that because they would be all over him. Oh, yeah. And the the big thing with WWE, too, that's not going to work for, with, with them is the Make-A-Wish. Oh, right. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, because you're not going to have some kid doing a Make-A-Wish and have MJF come up and... Well, do they do... Do the heels have to do Make-A-Wish? I'm sure they probably do. I mean, they're probably don't not like advertised or whatever. But mm-hmm. I mean, you see a lot of a lot of people doing Make a Wish. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because like, was that staged? Was that an act? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty crappy to do that. I mean, I don't know. I just. I think he's kind of going overboard with um, constantly being in character. I've uh, some of the podcasts I've been listening to recently were talking about listening to other wrestling podcasts, as we all do. Um, but they basically said they listened to one with MJF in it, and they were like, the guy was literally like. Yeah, I made it about uh, 45 seconds, and I had to skip through it to get to a different interview with a different wrestler because he's constantly in character. Constantly. Yeah. And, like, that's what I'm talking about. It gets old uh, really quick. And I'd be curious to see what uh, Richard Holiday and Hammerstone have to say about MJF because they worked with him a lot. Um, and MLW. I know Court Bauer's been a little sour on him about, oh yeah, you know, he thinks he needs tons of money when his contract was up, blah, 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 whatever. But, um, yeah, I'd be curious what those two say. Yeah. I think, I think this talking on the mic thing that he's got going on, I think he's just all in his head. Um, I mean, obviously Tony must think that he's 
the greatest thing since sliced bread by putting the belt on him, but, um... Well, not to cut you off, but just... I think Tony put the belt on him because he was afraid that if he didn't, he'd go to WWE, and then he's afraid... I think he thinks MJF's gonna be, like, the next guy. And he was afraid to lose him. Yeah, you know, I, I don't see MJF being the next guy. Um, I mean, with the shenanigans that he's that he does, you know, um, and we're giving him a a pop because we're talking about him. But I, I, I just I know we talk about it all the time on like every freaking podcast that we do. It always comes down to MJF. But I, I just don't see it out of the guy. I mean, he's he gets talked about for the wrong reasons. And that's why we talk about him, for the wrong reasons. Like, throwing water on a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know? I know, yeah. Or the promo that he cut about the driving his V6 Camaro. Like, I mean, if he was... It it would have been a better story if it wasn't a V6. You know, if it had an LS1 or something like that. You know, but... You think his parents could have... Could have splurged for a LS or something like that if he's wearing a Burberry scarf. <laughs> I mean, Rosie O'Donnell probably didn't give him enough money when she was kissing and hugging him when he was five. She liked, he loved that. Um, she probably licked his earlobe twice. <laughs> maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we don't give him some recognition even if it's negative going forward for a few weeks. Maybe we just stop giving him recognition at all. I mean, it's hard to do because every every week it's something else. I mean, now you had uh, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, and uh, Darby Allen in the ring talking about they want to fight for the belt. No. Against MJF? Yeah. Does, is, uh, is Darby Allen still TNT champ? Or no? I don't know. Because he was last time I, like, had seen, and I haven't seen him anything come across where he's been beaten, but... Yeah. I don't know. No, Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, he beat Darby Allen? Because Darby Allen was champ again. Well, I know Powerhouse Hobbs... I think Powerhouse Hobbs took it. From, uh, um, what's his name? Because on the pay-per-view, um, Wardlow beat, uh, Samoa Joe, and then the, the couple days later, Wardlow lost it to, um, Powerhouse Hobbs. You sure Wardlow lost it to Powerhouse Hobbs? I'm pretty sure. Maybe you're right. Um, well, did you see Stu Grayson re-signed with, uh, AEW? Yeah, I saw that. 
So now is your, uh, now this is their time to, um, rework the Dark Order. Because, I'm telling you, that, that's another group that failed. It, and I understand circumstances happened, but you have, as a booker, you have to always be prepared with a backup plan. Because, um... When they first came on the scene, that was, like, perfect. They had, like, little minions that made the chair for Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson is just stupid athletic. Um, Evil Uno can legitimately, he's a really good talker on the mic. And when they were introducing the Exalted one, I never expected Brody Lee for one. Yeah, we never expected that. Um, But I felt like he did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, And then, obviously, he got sick and passed away. But they could have, like, we reworked something in, but they just made them a comedy group. Like, and all the he- all everything they had just literally went down the drain. And, like, I don't understand why they would have done that like that. They could have brought, and maybe they didn't want to bring somebody else in to take his spot. And I get nobody will ever be able to do that, but, I mean, the group is non-existent anymore. Yeah, I mean, could they have signed, um... Um, Bray Wyatt at the time, after he passed, I mean, could he've could they have signed Bray Wyatt? If they did, and he come in and basically said like I was controlling Brody Lee, do you think that would be disrespectful to Brody Lee? Because that's the thing is like that's like a fine line from. Well, I I think um, you have. have the storyline come off of, like, Brody Lee called me up right before he died. Or I was with Brody Lee right before he died, you know. And he gave me the group to take care of because, like, we were the Wyatt family, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Like, they have a connection, yeah. Blood is thicker than water, my friends. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think, yeah, uh, that would have worked. I like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there was ways of... Ways to it. I mean, even even they could have brought in uh, Redbeard. I think they still should have. I think there was a missed opportunity there. Because they could have brought him in into the Dark Order and uh, basically had him be Brody Lee's, like, legitimately, like, make him almost like his shadow. He goes everywhere he goes. He protects him. Because, yeah. you know... Well, I mean, even... Even after they shut him down, and well, even after uh, Brody Lee died, um, I still think they could have probably worked that in there of like him uh, taking on the group or whatever the case was. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if they were gonna bring in like a like like Bray Wyatt or whatever the case was, I mean, he could have been like the the intro to Bray Wyatt, like. There's another one coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Follow the leader. Yeah, that looks pretty interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, the the way I see it with AEW is, I think they got a lot of things that were very, very positive, and then they threw them all away. 
Well, I think a lot of it stems from, like, to me, when unexpected things happen, I think it really throws Tony Khan off. Oh, probably. Um, and I get it, like, you gotta, like, scramble and change some things around, but that's, like, the one thing about WWE is, like, I feel that they've done a really good job in the past of, like, when things happen, oopsies, people leave, people get hurt, whatever, um, they do a good job of, like, switching things around. I mean, like, case in point, um, um, Daniel Bryan, when CM Punk left, and he ended up winning both the belts at... Um, WrestleMania that year. Mm-hmm. The crowd was behind him. That was an easy decision. Um, right. And then, like, I think it really threw Tony off when Kenny got hurt and was like, "I, I, I put this surgery off. I need to rest. You know, I need some rest." Mm-hmm. He's been going, you know, full bore. Um, and pretty much after Kenny relinquished the title. Or not really relinquished, but lost to Hangman stuff. It's gone downhill. Yeah. Even before CM Punk. And I think he only gave the belt to CM Punk to try to pick things back up. And then CM Punk was hurt. So that didn't help either. Mm hmm. But then he gives the title right back to John Moxley. That's dumb. Like three times. Yeah. That's right? Stupid. Yeah, what's John Moxley now? Like a five-time champ or something? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just... John Moxley was a big signing for AEW right at the beginning. But me, personally, I don't see him as um, a big star like somebody like Kenny Omega... You know, he's definitely not a Kenny Omega, John Cena, Roman Reigns, somebody that you can put your entire brand on right. and ride their coattails. He's just, to me, he's just not that guy. He may. I mean, I don't even think he's a, a, a Jericho. No. He, to me, he's like a transitional champion. Like, he's, in my opinion, he's good enough to be champion, but, like, not for a long time. Like, he's not right. a. Yeah, exactly. He's not a, when CM Punk ran with the WWE title for like 450 days, he's not a guy like that. No. Um, and he's not a guy that you could be like, oh crap, all our big guys are hurt, we gotta give him the title. Like maybe, if you're in a pinch, but like, I'd rather see other people hold the title over him. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, because some of those guys that, they built up and whew, built up and destroyed, you know. Um, they could have had a real shot. I mean, Sammy Guevara could have probably had a real shot at being a really good champion um, earlier on, I think, when he was first running with Jericho in the inner circle. Yeah, but the thing I think with Sammy Guevara is you take him away from Jericho. And he's nothing. And he's no longer important, right? Right, exactly. Um, but then after the Ty Conte thing and his 
um, other proposal. So, I still think he's not a nothing guy. To be honest with you, I I, I really do. I just there's it, nothing he does that sets him apart. Uh, well, I mean, he's got some some flashy moves. Um, but who doesn't? Right. Um, I think he can. I think he, I think he can tell a story a lot better than some of the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He doesn't really have size on him, and he's not like your. He he's not a main attraction whatsoever. He's not like we just said. He's nothing without Jericho, right. because he he rode in Jericho's pocket too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only thing with him. Um, I mean, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you have to build when you build a company. You have to have guys like that. Yeah, I I, I think when Jericho brought in MJF to the inner circle, and Sammy left. Because of MJF, I think that would have probably been the, the spot where he could have probably got over the most by himself and ran with it. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, but it would have been—I think it would have been short-lived. It could have been as soon as he was done with the deal with Jericho and MJF. I think I don't. I, but I mean, you could have probably put the TNT title on him and. Gave him a solid, solid push. I mean, I think I think something would have probably came about. I mean, he wouldn't have became a megastar. No, no, no. But I'd like to see um, now that Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are broken up. I'd like to see Jungle Boy get a shot at the, at least the TNT title. See how he does as a singles competitor. Um, he would be a guy who would benefit from. A manager. I mean, he needs to bulk up a bit. We were just talking about Sammy being skinny. Um, yeah. But yeah, he would benefit from somebody like Tully or, you know, Arn or, uh, I don't know. I'm sure I'm blanking on some names, but, you know, he would benefit from guys like that. And I think he could have a pretty good run, especially if, like, He's super hard babyface right now. If if he if you figured out a good storyline for him to go heel, I mean, and maybe he, I mean his hair is iconic, but he could like cut his hair or something and not be Jungle Boy anymore. Do like a a pompous asshole heel or something, you know, where he wears a suit or something. I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing, but yeah, no, I that. That could be his ticket. You never know. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that, like, maybe that's... Personally, if AEW went back to more, like, their roots, Mm -hmm. I would definitely get back into uh, watching it more frequently. Um, I just, like, check the highlights and then pretty much just watch highlights on the show because it's like... Early 2000s WCW right now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hot garbage. Yeah. 
Um, and if you like AEW, well, you do you, man. But yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know. It's just, nope. I totally agree, and that's. I mean, we talked about that for what, like the past year that it's turning into WCW. Yeah, pretty much. Um, or almost a year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, they they just I mean, uh, Christian and Jungle Boy just had that that um, um the final burial match. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, that's like the Buried Alive matches that WWE had back in the 90s. Yeah. Did those even really work? I mean, they worked for The Undertaker. Well, yeah, but it was was like the only person that was in it, right? Undertaker all the time? Yeah, pretty much. What was that other one? Was it like an Inferno match where the whole ring was on fire? Yeah, him and Kane. It's gotta be Kane. But McMahon. He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. <laughs> Every time I think of Vince McMahon, I think of that or the, the "you're fired" thing. You're fired. His face would get all red. Fired. Ah, <laughs> um. uh, yeah. But, I mean, that, that Inferno match was interesting that they had. I'm sure Tony's probably going to be booking that shortly. Yeah, it seems like that um, he's really leaning on the some of the WWE matches and just calling them something else because WWE owns the rights to a lot of sweet stuff. But Yeah, I mean, if you think about all the war games that they had, I mean, half the time they're wrestling on top of a freaking cage. Yeah, see, I don't really like that. That's kind of that's defeats the purpose of war games. Right. The purpose of war games was to keep everybody in and nobody from interfering. Yeah. So let's just take it to the top. Yeah. Well, see, uh, they really missed the mark with the blood and guts thing. They could have uh, done the short cage. And like I know what's been done with the Sid Vicious thing, where he pretty much reverse power bombs Pillman into the top of the cage, but like. You, you could have recreated that, again, with Wardlow. Put Wardlow in there or something. Smash some small dude into the top of the cage. Sammy Guevara. I mean, yeah, I I think they missed it, the ball there. So, I don't know. But WWE missed the ball, too, with war games like taking the roof off. Yeah. Oh, they can't do cool stuff off the top. Forget that nonsense. That's the point of the... Why does it have to be over the top like that? Right. Like... That's that's what I don't understand about wrestling nowadays, is they went... They got too over the top, and they they didn't keep it simple, because I think, I mean, the 90s screwed everything up when it came to wrestling. The 90s screwed everything up with the Attitude Era. Yeah, because it was just like... <laughs> trying to beat... Well, I mean... In some things, like, uh, there's some instant classics like the the, the TLC matches with the Dudleys and the Hardys and Edge and Christian. Um, Those are classics, but yeah, they were just pushing the limits. Like, well, I did this off a 20-foot ladder last time. Uh, Can we get a taller ladder? Uh, I'll I'll do it again off a taller ladder. Or 
Edge spearing Jeff Hardy from hanging from the belts or um but like you throw mankind off the cage, right? Yep, the and table. then throw him through the cage. <laughs> and then throw him through the cage. But then after that, Undertaker chokes Slammer Kishi into the bed of a pickup truck. You remember off the cage? Do you remember that? I think so. Yeah, like you're just like always trying to like go one up. Like, um, when was the first steel cage match? Like in in the eighties in WWE. And there was the blue bars. Oh uh, well, I mean they they had cage matches a long, long time. I'm sure, but the blue bar cage mm-hmm. they got rid of that to go to the standard steel cage they have now, where it's got the platform where they can do stuff up top. I'm sorry, but if the rules are pinfall, submission, or escape, if I get to the top and the guy's laying down, the last thing I'm going to do is jump on him. I'm going to climb out of the cage and win the match. Right. And then when they raise it, I'll go back in and beat him up more. I guess like that. I've never got that or like. Oh, I'm in a ladder match, but I'm going to climb the ladder as slow as I can. You know, like, at, towards the end, they're, like, barely climbing up the rungs. Like, Well, I mean, that just adds to the drama of, like, okay, no, you, you work the match, and, you know, and you're tired. No, I know. I mean, the the other thing, too, is, like, uh, if they portray the guy as, like, afraid of heights, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, I get it. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyways, I think we talked about enough of uh, AEW and whatnot, but um, WWE, um, the thing that caught my eye this week was uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, they're back together. The band's back together. So I think they're going to take the titles from the Usos. Bloodline, gone. Both of them or just one? Do you think they're going to try to split split the belts again? Um, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to split the belts or keep them as one. Maybe introduce a new tag title? You know, I've been thinking about this. Um, give me your thoughts. What if they split the main titles, right? So you split it, you get rid of the Universal, and you do... Like World Heavyweight, like bring back the World Heavyweight, right? Yeah. So then you got one on SmackDown, one on Raw. And then since your tag division is so scarce right now, who's to say you couldn't just have one tag title and just have your tag teams go between Raw and SmackDown and have a bigger tag division to pull from? Because they only have one women's. And I think they only need one women's belt, too, like main belt. So then you got one women's tag, one women's main. You got NXT, obviously, but because um, there's not as many women's tag, obviously. But, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, yeah, that it would probably make more sense because, I mean, you don't really have tag teams in WWE. Right. That's that, what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, you have your your groups that form together or whatever. I mean, you do have uh, um, what are they? War Machine, Viking Raiders, Viking Raiders. Yeah, I, I can't. I think that's what they are now. But I think they were War Machine or something like that. Yeah, before. back in, um, ROH days. Um, but yeah, I mean, having one tag title, I think that would work again. 
and not having to. I mean, if you want to do, I mean, if you want to do ta tag titles, I mean, you could do like a secondary tag title. Kind of like the NWA had the U.S. tag titles. Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, yeah, it's just hard to, for the WWE since they don't have a lot of right. teams right now. But they got a lot of talent. So Yeah, true. They got a lot of talent, and like some of that talent can be utilized as tag teams. Tag right. teams to get right, and like if you make a tag team, so like for instance, um, Otis and Chad Gable come to my mind. They're yeah. technically a tag team, but how many matches do they really wrestle instead of just doing like haha moment segments and on the show, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why would you not make them a tag team? Thank you! Yeah. <laughs> Shoosh! Shoosh! Right, that's what I'm saying, like... Because, like, isn't Otis, like, a male model or something? <laughs> Might be. I thought I had seen something about he's, like, a male model. Or he's wanting to do male model stuff or whatever. Um, and he's going by, like, Otis or something like that. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, I don't... I think that's what the... I don't, I don't remember, though. I think I saw something like that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know why you wouldn't just have more tag teams. Because I remember back in the day, they had crap loads of tag teams. Yeah. Yeah, like the 80s, early well, 90s. Even into the early 2000s, they had tons of tag teams. Yeah. Um, they all just went away. Yeah, I don't know what happened to tag team wrestling. Um. Trying to think, of, trying to think of who it was, but I saw a video with Otis, and whoever was like standing next to him, I can't remember the video, but they were like checking somebody out in the front row, and he was like, "Yeah, you see that?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then Otis like looked over and was like, "What are you doing here?" And then they're like, <laughs> started fighting. That's funny. Uh, I forgot who it was, but it it was it was a funny video. Um, Otis is, um, he's got like a lot of good stuff. I think um, for being charismatic, um, especially when he was doing the whole Mandy Rose thing of like him. Like working up and having dates with Mandy and oh, stuff like yeah, that, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then he hooks up with Chad Gable, and then I liked you know. when he was um, in the tag team in NXT Heavy Machinery. Yeah, they're like stakes and weights. I, I liked that. That was good. Yeah, I I agree with you. Otis is very charismatic. That would kind of speak to why he's still around and the other guys not. Right, and he's from Superior, Wisconsin. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. If I couldn't tell. <laughs> Corn fed. <laughs> yep. And beer. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Otis is good. And I feel like he he's like another big guy who's extremely athletic like Bam Bam. Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, I don't know if Otis can do a moonsault, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah, he is pretty athletic. I'll say that. Um, comparing him to Bam Bam, 
or even Leon White, um, a.k.a. Vader. It's Vader time. Vader time. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think uh, Otis is really in that same league as those guys when it comes to performing, I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, I mean, but, I mean, you don't really see Otis jumping off the top rope. Right. At least not to my knowledge. I don't know. Well, he might be jumping off the top rope. But then there again, there's like a typical WWE thing. You're a big guy. You you you, you can't do small guy things. Like even if they can, like you know, WWE always tries to stop. Well, now they always try to. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. Is like back in the day, if you were a big man, you're not you're not doing that stuff, and you're not gonna job out to some small guy. Because I mean. It, Wrestling has to be believable, be- somewhat, believable. somewhat believable, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because you can't have Rey Mysterio beat the Big Show, right? Yeah, unless you happen to like chop him down and beat him up with something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, some help or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, I get it. I mean, there is David and Goliath stories, but, like, it's got to be a believable story. Well. And that's the thing, too, is, like, sometimes the big men, they're they're usually, like, afraid to climb the ropes, you know. They might only get up to, like, the second rope. They might not go up to the top. Um, And they might be, like, wobbly-legged or whatever, you know. I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes can sense. be part of the gimmick or mm-hmm. whatever the case is, and then you got the Vader bomb <laughs> from the the middle rope. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hogan was a big guy, and he kind of did like his finisher should have been something else. I feel like. Yeah, but that was that was wrestling back in the day. Yeah, I guess, but that's why he his back is shot. Hogan's back from doing big boot leg drop. I mean that. I mean even for me, I'm not a big guy. That would put a lot of pressure on your back all the time. Yeah. Yep. I always like the uh, the little gifts of Hogan where he's like super sweaty and he's like and he's like breathing real heavy. And when people are putting like you on your birthday or whatever, trying to blow out the candles. For some reason, that gets me every time. <laughs> Make sure I send that to you next 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 birthday. <laughs> but I don't know, I don't know which Hogan I like best: '80s Hogan or Hollywood Hogan. Cause like, I'm not a huge Hogan fan, but if I gotta pick one, like '90s Hulk Hogan, like between WWE and WCW, is garbage, <laughs> garbage. But '80s Hogan, like. Hogan, like Hulkamania, first going, right? And Hollywood Hogan <clears throat> on completely different. They're, they're top tier. Yeah, I, I don't know which Hogan I, I like better either. I mean, I, I mean, I've watched Hogan all throughout the 80s. Um, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. Um, little Hulksters. 
Hulkamaniacs running wild. Um, but um, I think I think the um, the eighties Hogan had pop, and then once Hogan kind of was fizzling out, I think Hollywood Hogan kind of reinvented Hogan and brought all those people that were Hogan fans back in the day back on the Hogan bandwagon because, yeah. you know, he was a cool bad guy. And he had the coolest wrestling tights ever. Lightning bolts and the boots with the flames on them. Those were sweet. <clears throat> Plus, when he did the 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 dark like scruff yep. and still the the handlebar, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, you should probably do that. Dye, yeah, dye your dye a handlebar mustache yeah. uh, blonde. blonde and do the scruff. Yeah, if you can do that, you'd probably have to shave and then do it. Yeah, probably. But I don't know how he kept it like perfect. It was like perfect, like it was like. Not real, you know what I mean? Because like it would, <laughs> it would start to grow out, and you'd ha- he'd have to re dye it. I mean, because Hogan is a blonde, so I mean, and he's bald. I mean, he literally has a skullet. He's like the only guy I know that can pull off a skullet. Bald on top, <laughs> mullet in the back. Right. So, but uh, yeah, got about three minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. you got any quick hits? We were all over the board today, so... Um, Davey Richards is, uh, like, real bad shape as far as, um... Stevie Richards. Davey Richards. I don't... I, maybe I... I tagged you in a post. What? I didn't see that. Are you lying to me? No, multiple cuts from... Multiple promotions oh, cut ties with Davey Richards. I just see this now, yeah. Yep. But. Uh, I guess he got a divorce and he was doing some drugs and, yeah, it's bad news for that guy. But did you see Stevie Richards? You know who Stevie Richards is, right? Like Blue World Order guy? Yep. He was recently in some really bad shape too, I guess. Hmm. So that's why I was confused. Okay. Well, hopefully he, um, yeah, hopefully he gets help. Let's hope so. We don't want to have to have another somber episode here. Uh, you have anything else? Charlotte and Rhea are going to be the main event of night one, possibly. And I heard that L.A. Knight's going to wrestle Stone Cold. I don't know if we talked about that on last week's podcast. Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah. Hmm. Supposedly, it's rumored that it might happen. Interesting. That's somebody, that's, uh, I think, with the L.A. Knight thing, I, I think you got to give that guy a little bit of a push. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you agree, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't know that that would be pretty cool if he got a little push and had a run as like an intercontinental or U.S. champion. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you push him to the to the main event, but probably not. Um, yeah, I I think I'd rather see him carry the U.S. title like right now because I really enjoy Walter being Intercontinental Champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's doing a pretty good job, but um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see. Um, L.A. Knight being like a upper mid card tier guy um, going forward. It, it's just so hard in the WWE because there's like so many. I mean, choices kind of in a way. Yep. So I don't know. It's you know, one of them deals, I guess. I don't know. Till next time. Oh, we didn't do wrestle of the week. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. So. uh... So you don't have any quick hits? I don't have any quick hits. Uh, you got a wrestler of the week? Hmm. <laughs> wrestler of the week. Uh, nothing kind of comes to mind. Oh, Ty Valkyrie. Yeah? She's in AEW. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's going to challenge Jay Cargill for I had the seen, TBS title. I'd seen a tweet about it, um, but I thought it was just a rumor. So, Nope, she showed up. Well, good thing we talked about that uh, last week or the week before. Remember I said there was rumors she was going to one or the other. Yeah. Um, so, I guess with... Her being in AEW, I mean, where does that leave uh, Johnny AEW? <laughs> well, I think it depends, too, because uh, unless she... Because I know MLW records in advance, and she was uh, like I th- one of their women's champs. I think they got, like, two or three titles for the women in MLW. Mm. Um and then she's holding a, another title, I think, somewhere else. Um, maybe in, like, AAA or something. Well, maybe she's the women's belt collector. Maybe. No, I think... Um, John Morrison has been in AEW. He was Johnny Elite. Oh, yeah, Johnny Elite, yeah. The man with many names. Yeah, Changes his name for every promotion. Oh, real quick. I forgot I did have a quick hit. I did some homework. Okay. Um, I think we talked about this last week. The Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame is not in Iowa. It's in... um, It's in Texas. Well, what's in Iowa? I don't know, I looked it up. I looked up, um... Hey, let me pull up the, the internet page here. Where'd it go? What the heck? What the heck? Alright, I'll pull it up. Yeah, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. It, um... 
It's in it's a Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum in Wichita Falls, Texas, which is an hour and a half from Oklahoma City or an hour and a half from Dallas. And according to Google, it's permanently closed, but I went to their website and it says that it's open. No, oh, there's a National Wrestling Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa. What? Admission is seven dollars. What the heck? There's also one in Albany, New York. They got them all over. Oh, well, forget that. We're not going to Texas. We're going to Iowa. Going to Iowa, people. Going to Iowa. Maybe we could work that in. How far do you think it is to Waterloo? Um. Water. I don't think it's that far. Waterloo. Iowa. 223 miles, a uh, four-hour drive. I was going to say four hours. Without looking it up. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. Hmm. Well, we may have to go. Yeah. No. Um. So, That's yeah, uh, for me, Wrestler of the Week. Um... Well, uh, real quick, is I, I hope that Tyra Valkyrie beats Jade Cargill because I think Jade Cargill needs to come to it. An end. I think she needs to be beatable. You know, they should have. Um, you know how in TNA they do where if you're X Division champ, you can turn in the title to get a shot at the 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 world title or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, AEW should have done something like that, but instead of completely stealing the idea, they should have been like, oh, you're secondary champ, whether it's TBS or TNT, for, let's say, 180 days. Mm-hmm. You automatically turn in that title and get a shot at the... At the... Yeah. The, the next main title. I mean, you could do it longer, like 200 days or whatever. Right. But then that way, she could still be undefeated, have never lost that title, even if you're like, well, she's not really ready to be women's champ. But then she's got to lose. But then if she loses, you still have that storyline of, I never lost this title. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, like farther on down the road, I deserve to wrestle for this title because I never lost it. Mm-hmm. So you could do that. It's always an option. Get out of jail free card. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think it's time for her to lose. But carry on with your wrestle of the week. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. No, you're fine. That was a... That was a I'm glad you brought that up. Um, You know... Oh, jeez. I'm going to be late getting home. I know this is going to be out of left field, but... um, you know, I, I, For me, my wrestle of the week, I got to go with Stan Hansen. 
Okay. No, I picked him before, but uh, I've been watching some classic matches, been hitting on some Stan Hansen ones, and uh, I don't know, he might be uh, my favorite uh, legendary wrestler. Stan Hansen in the NWA days, he was kind of nasty with the the mouthful of chaw, just drooling down. With... <laughs> I um. <laughs> I kind of like when he does the Japan stuff. I mean, he's yeah. just a heavy hitter. Oh, yeah. Especially him and Ted DiBiase. Yeah. So, I may do that on my scheduled nap. I scheduled a nap today. Oh. So. That's good. So, yeah, but other than that, I think we close the books on 126. All right. That's it. We're All done. Right, people. Until next week. Later. Follow us on Twitter at... Beer City Boys 1, that's the number one, not spelled out. Beer City Boys 1. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email. Our email is hottagpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Hot Hot tag out. out.